Hey there, party people. My name is Chad McGee, and you're listening to another episode of Oak Performance Radio. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Oak Performance Radio. I'm your host, Adam Lane. If you're new to the show, our goal here is to create some content, some fantastic content for athletes, parents, and coaches. We tell stories, have laughs, and go into everything that is the end game of athletic performance, helping athletes achieve their optimal performance and be the best they can possibly be. Enjoy the show. Hey, Oak Performance Radio listeners. This episode is brought to you by Power Athlete the world's premier resource for training athletes, educating coaches, and nutrition. Our goal is to provide world-class solutions for real-world athletes and coaches. We are fortunate to work with thousands of athletes around the globe, and we have taken them to the highest levels of performance. If you're working with athletes or trying to improve yourself with a performance goal, come check us out at powerathletehq.com. And if you want some dope merch, we have an amazing collection of black shirts with white skulls. Use the code AMAZING10 for 10% off your initial purchase. If you need anything performance-related, like I said, come check us out at powerathletehq.com. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Oak Performance Radio. I'm your host, Adam Lane. With me today, from the great state of Wisconsin, the great white north, Mr. Chad McGee. Yeah, super stoked to Chad, be here. Chad, Looking forward to the conversation. Yeah. yeah. Now we're north. Not that far. We're, you're okay. Chad, you are the director of meditation at the University of Wisconsin, which you're <laughs> such a big deal. This job doesn't exist. You just invented it. You're like, hey, Wisconsin, you need this. And they're like, yeah, we should give you money for this. Yeah, absolutely we do. Here we go. Can, can you tell our tens of listeners who you are and why you're such a big deal? Because, Chad, it's such a unique niche that you're in um that i feel like keeps getting it's such a bigger and bigger deal each and every well first i need to call you most mornings to like blow me up so that i walk in feeling like all right like you know let's let's rock and roll but uh no i appreciate it man um yeah so i mean like the 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 role that i have at wisconsin is director of meditation training as, as you noted, first of its time position in major sports. So we're really at the front edge of figuring out uh, both in an applied setting with teams and also scientifically measuring the impact. What does it look like when we integrate rigorous meditation training into elite level athletics to support these athletes to train their minds for greater performance and well-being? So it's, it has been and continues to be you know, quite a thrilling ride. Yeah. Because, Chad, you were a teacher, both of us, retired <laughs> teachers. Yeah, absolutely. So I started um, Look at this. You know, in, in the classroom. Um, and, and actually, those are the first people I ever taught to meditate were the kids in my reading room, um, colleagues after school. I had been practicing myself for six or seven years, uh, experiencing the benefits. Uh, and then wanted to, you know, explore what, what could it look like if I were to share this with, you know, students and, and colleagues. And, and they benefited. And that kind of started the second part of my career, which is how do you effectively teach this stuff to other people? At the time when I was doing an education, there weren't very good resources for this stuff, for mindfulness and education. So I was just making it up, right? I was just piloting, right? You know, kind of like uh, the now classic 10,000 hour rules of just like putting in the reps, you know, to be able to explore what this looks like. Uh, and, and that's really continued. And I've had the opportunity to train with a bunch of different populations, law enforcement, corporate groups, athletes, and it's always been kind of in this front edge space of uh, what does it take to bring, again, high quality rigor. It's not superficial, really high quality training into, you know, these different environments. There you go. What, um, so Chad, let's, let's yeah. focus on the athletes. Cause I know you're, you're, you're kind of all over the place, but it, we, we, we focus on athletes. Um, because I can think of so many athletes that I've, I've coached or even even played with, you know, growing up at the you know, glorious Sycamore <laughs> High School back in the 90s uh, that we both both graduated from, um, where they, um, they, they they look like Tarzan, mm-hmm. play like Jane. Um, they mentally, they might not have been dialed in, whether it be a, a focus piece or a toughness piece or a confidence piece. Um, so when... when they, somebody hears your title. Hey, director of meditation. Uh, at the University of Wisconsin. Huh? Or University of Wisconsin Athletics. I think people like then do the like confused dog tilt, the like head tilt thing. Like, what? Huh? Can, can you explain to, because this is a, you know, performance <laughs> podcast here. 
you explain to people what what you do specifically with the college athletes? Um, and then I want to circle back around to all the other mm-hmm. other stuff that you do too. Um, but from a college standpoint, you're working with college kids at the Division One level, Big Ten level, in which to perform the best that they possibly can, and that there's a lot that goes into that. Um, can you just give the bird's eye view of, of what that looks like? So uh, the way I think about the work and the way we integrated at Wisconsin Athletics uh, is as strength and conditioning for the mind. So, of course, no elite athlete would ever take the field of competition without training their bodies, right? It just, like, doesn't even enter the equation, right? Uh, and we're very sophisticated in the ways that we integrate strength and conditioning training into athletes' overall training. Yet, all the time, athletes talk about the importance of the mental game, but don't set aside time to actually train for it. They're just kind of hoping that the mental game works out for them. Well, hope, of course, is a terrible strategy for sustained high performance. We have to train for the qualities we want to show up. And, and we're doing this kind of in a, you know, a prehab sort of way, right? Like we're not waiting for some issue to emerge, right? And say, oh man, now all of a sudden athlete so-and-so like can't make a free throw, go talk to somebody. No, we're integrating this like on the front end. So this is just a normal part of overall training, right? They go to the weight room, right? Do their work there. Like do their speed week, speed work on the field, right? Like do their technical work, teamwork in the practice facilities and training the mind. It's just integrated into overall training so that when these big moments come um, or the small moments come in practice, we want qualities like clarity, poise, concentration, resilience, uh, embodied confidence. If we want those qualities to be there, then we need to train for them to be there. So that's what we're integrating. So this is done in conjunction, the work that I do with sport coaches, with strength coaches, with performance nutrition. It's kind of part of the team of people that support athletes to be able to perform at their best in a consistent way. So Chad, now working with, we we work with a lot of volleyball kids. You work with University of Wisconsin Volleyball. They've been known to have a little bit of good volleyball and, you know, um, you know, Coach Kelly does, does, does an okay job, you know, running that. Talk about what what does that look like for, um, like, what do you do? <laughs> if, if I'm an athlete, uh, you know, Wisconsin football, volleyball, you know, basketball, whatever. How how do you make me better? How do you tr- how do you prehab my mind? Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Um, so for an athlete, right, like speaking specifically about Badger volleyball. So now when, when Badger volleyball players, when new players show up, whether they're, you know, mid-year, you know, kids or, you know, kids are showing up in the summer, um, you know, there's, you know, different support staff are around, you know, performance, nutrition, strength coaches, and Chad, meditation. It's just, you know, it's normal for them. It's no longer like, oh, what is this? It's kind of at the beginning, if we first talk about it, oh, meditation, Wisconsin athletics, like, what is that? For these athletes, that's not the case. It's just the norm. It's just what they're used to. And then what does it look like? Like, you know, what skills are we training for? The very first skill that we train for in meditation training is the skill of attention. And having your attention be where you want it to be. And this is ridiculously profound for all sorts of performance and well-being reasons. So um, there's this amazing study um, that it's been replicated many times. But the study basically finds that we are paying attention to what we're doing during the day about 50% of the time. So half the time, we're not paying attention to what we're doing. So... How is that going to impact performance in massive ways, right? Like how many times do strength coaches say things like one rep at a time constantly, right? Like how often do sport coaches, you know, one pass at a time, one play at a time, all the time. And we just like expect it to happen magically. Well, that's not the way the brain works. It's a skill that we have to be able to train. And the way we train it is we do meditations. That's what the meditation is. The meditation is training the mind. So just like you would never go up to an athlete, you know, and say, hey, get stronger and expect them to get stronger. You can say like, well, let's get in the squat rack, right? Let's lift some weights, you know, and this is what's going to allow us to get stronger. So in the same way, we do meditations and those can be quick integrated practices that take five, 10 seconds, or they can be longer, five, 10 minute practices to train for these skills so that they start to show up both in training and ultimately in competitive environments. There we go. Uh so Chad, my my oldest is trying out for club soccer right now. So we've done the junior league, and then last night was our first tryout. 
Um, and then within the first first 15 minutes, he got an elbow to the face, um, which an elbow to the face is never fun, you know. So we're, 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 we're crying over that. Um, sadly, his other buddies that were in the junior league, um, his birthday is a January birthday, and they were all like fall birthdays. So they're not in the same group. So we're, we're, we're low on friends and got hit in the face. Um, and now all these, all these guys are running, you know, they're quick and athletic. They've been doing this club thing for a while. Um, and so I feel like I need to hire you, Chad, to come down here and work with my child because he just, just mentally, he was like, at the end, he, he was just bummed and sad and, um, just kind of upset with the whole thing. And we go back tomorrow, you know, whatever we're going to, we're recovering and go. But I see similar things with, with, with our athletes where I'll, I'll see, you know, we'll watch some volleyball. I'll, I'll, I'll see a libero shank a ball, you know, seven courts away. Um, and then let's be clear, the, they're going to serve right back at her. And so, you know, or, you know, that fill in the blank sport here, basketball player, you know, turns the ball over. Well, heck, next time he gets the ball, they're trapping him, you know, type thing. Hey, charge it over once, you're going to do it again. Um, and just get in the head. If you're, can you give little, like, I'm the, on the court stuff or on the field stuff is really to me. Um, if I'm, if I'm your athlete and I, if I want to, if I lost some focus and I need to regain my focus, what do I do? Yeah. Um, so there's so many things that can be done. So the first is um, the way we think about attention um, or one of the ways we think about attention is if you don't give the mind a job to do, it will find a job to do. And in a high intensity situation, like shanking a pass, right, or a turnover or whatever that may be, right, all of a sudden, emotions start to surge, right? Mind starts to race. That's a totally normal thing to happen. The emotion surging and the mind racing is not a problem. We shouldn't try to stop that from happening. That's just a, that's a normal human response. But what we need to do is we need to be able to work with that. We need to be able to find stability in the midst of that. Because if we don't, then we start to spin out, right? And it's worry, right? It's tightness starts to come in, right? And then like one bad play turns into two, three, four, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, we're in a place we don't want to be. So shank a pass. It happens, right? So the question then becomes, what do I do with my attention now to help it reset? One of the best things we can do is choose to bring our attention away from racing thoughts, away from surging emotions, and into the immediacy of what's actually happening right now. So that could be for an athlete to feel their feet on the floor, literally, and invite anybody listening, feel the pressure, feel the weight, feel the contact with socks or shoes, feel the tingling, feel the contact of clothes against your body. Check in with your shoulders. Have they turned into earrings? Check in with your jaw. Maybe a little tension accumulated. Check in with your breath. Maybe it's caught. Let it move naturally. So there, we went through five or six different anchors. Feet on the floor, clothes against the body, jaw, shoulders, breath. So an athlete, we would explore a bunch of those, and then identify one or two that work for them. Because is an athlete going to shank a pass? Are the All-Americans at Wisconsin Volleyball going to shank a pass? Yes, it will happen, right? It's just, you know, Team USA, it's going to happen, right? When that happens, what's your plan to be able to reset? So we have that all set up in advance so that they can use it. And then that pull of racing thoughts, that pull of racing emotions can still be there, but they've developed the skill of having their attention be where they want it to be with an anchor in the present moment. Because can they get better with the past that they missed in the past? Can they get better worrying about the past that's coming in the future? No. Their chance to get better is to be right here, right now. And these are elite athletes who have trained who can make that next pass. Dude, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Because I, I, I can't tell you how, how often I see... Because really, and I, I see it dif be different. Are there any natural, like, experiences? Because I'm trying to think of the, some of the best athletes I've ever coached. Um, and I had one kid early on, Kim Boyles. And Kim... She ran cross country and she played basketball and she ran track and field. And Kim was so stinking cool. And so when we went down to the state meet for cross country and, you know, you know, she was, she was our number one runner and, and stuff like that. Like the other six girls are like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's a state meet. Da, da, da. And, and Kim is just, yeah, whatever. we're good. Nice. Relax. Okay. Hey, hit a strike. Let's do this. Da, da, da. Same deal as, you know, the, the last five seconds of the basketball game, Kim got fouled. I knew the free throws were going in. 
She's like, okay, give me the ball. Here we go. Um, mm-hmm. But then there'd be other athletes, you know, track and field, they get, get all nervous. Oh my gosh, the baton, the baton. You're literally just handing a little baton and running around the track, guys. This is not, it's not that high level here. Don't, you know, calm down. But it's the sexual meet. We understand. Calm down. Um, but Kim, Kim was always cool with that. Is do you think it's um, different experiences help go into this whole thing, or are, are there some kids that 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 do this naturally? It, 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 I, don't know. I guess I'm looking for outside of. Um, just the, Hey, our focus is all over the place because now we have phones and, mm. you know, I'm barely listening to this conversation right now because of there's something else going on. <laughs> um, and just any, any experience with, with any of that, any thoughts with any of that? Yeah, I think you're, I think you're hundred percent spot on that different athletes are going to have different baselines for different areas of the mind, whether it's, you know, attention, resilience, um, connection like how they relate to themselves relate to others right kind of confidence uh all these different kind of qualities of mind um have different starting places and again i think this is where the metaphor of strength conditioning for the mind works really really well if you had a bunch of like 15 year olds show up would you be like oh they're all going to be at the exact same place you know from terms of like strength and mobility no of course not right you'd be like there's going to be a bunch of individual differences right Will they start to emerge in certain patterns or certain groups, right? Yeah. And then you build programming for them to take them from where they're at, you know, and move them forward. So this work is exactly the same. Just starting to identify where an athlete is, where they're strong, maybe where they've got some areas of growth, and then build training programs to be able to move forward. So I think there's athletes who naturally have kind of a sense of ease, right? Like a sense of calmness that just like emerges for them, right? Um, And that's great. Um, but maybe there's other areas of their mental game that they can work on or other athletes where if they don't happen to just be naturally high in, in this area, great. Well, we can train for that. We're not just, you know, again, hoping that it works out. I mean, you mentioned, you know, I think the example of like, you know, passing the baton is a really good one, right? Cause it's in essence, it's super simple, right? It's just run, give it to the next person, let them run. Right. Like it's, you know, pretty, pretty basic stuff. Um, but in a situation like this, if we tell an athlete to just calm, uh, you know, just relax, usually that doesn't work, right? Usually the opposite happens, right? They're like, oh, I got to get calm, right? And then they, things race even more. So even if we go back to like the anchors that we were just exploring a moment ago, I would imagine, I'm curious for you, Adam, and you know, anyone listening to reflect, but a lot of us probably felt a little bit calmer just doing that practice. Even like right now, if I invite people to just feel the breath as it comes in. Feel the breath as it goes out. Check in with shoulders. Check in with jaw. As the breath continues to roll in and roll out. Even doing two reps of that, people feel a little calmer, a little more relaxed. So instead of telling people to feel calm and relaxed, we give them skills. We give them practices to be able to do where the natural consequence is feeling calm and relaxed. So this athlete, maybe she's, you know, it's the, you know, four by one and the third leg is about to get the baton and she's starting to feel a little race, right? In her mind and heart. Then it's kind of like, all right, just a couple of those, you know, it takes the athlete 12, 13 seconds to get over there. And then she's calm and relaxed by the time she receives the baton. So you're saying that's more effective than screaming at the kid, calm down, (laughs) calm down now. You're fine. Calm down. (laughs) I mean, possibly, right? You know, we still got the, the scientific paper to write about it, but my intuition <laughs> is, is yes. <laughs> that's Chad. That, that's fantastic. So I I've stolen and and tried to adapt some things just through our our conversations. Um, we have, we have a local girl here that runs a um I say girl because she's thirty but um that uh runs a um eight one five yoga. Ali Troy is absolutely fantastic. She she's helped us out with with some of the breath work stuff with the kids and and we'll go to tournaments and stuff like that. And I'll I'll see like. It, it, it's funny it's because it, it, it's different with every kid but you'll you'll see a couple bad plays or something like that and you'll, you'll see the look on their face like this isn't fun anymore um and i'll, I'll just you know kind of breathe yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> again not a meditation director but like it's funny how like kids will come back after tournaments and stuff like that and and um not everybody's doing it to the extent that i, I like them to and stuff like that but they're like Adam, I, I took two breaths after a <laughs> After I hit the ball, you know, like 40 feet out of bounds, 
you know, and the next plate wasn't so bad. I'm like, well, hey, mm. not so bad is my goal right there. Right? <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, there's a reason our parents told us to like take deep breaths when we were kids, when we were yeah. upset, you know, mm -hmm. like, it, it worked sort of thing. And, um, and I think one of the things that's really exciting about this work, especially, you know, being embedded in an athletic department is uh, I get to explore a bunch of more ways of being able to integrate it, right? So the breath is one anchor. Uh, for some athletes, actually paying attention to the breath can increase anxiety. Uh, it can kind of oh. rub the system a little too hot. Well, then that's not what we want, right? You know, from a well-being perspective, that's not what we want. Obviously, from a performance perspective, that's not what we want. So we need to explore other anchors. So, you know, we did a couple like with, you know, sensations in the body, you know, feet on the floor, you know, body in the chair sort of thing, right? Those are options. But they can be external things, too. So a lot of athletes um, will use visual anchors. And so this is, you know, kind of the way we would train for it uh, initially is, and I invite anybody listening, and you, Adam, as well, you know, you first just kind of like look around wherever you're at, probably a space you've been in before. But as you're looking around, notice color, texture, shape. Notice little details that maybe you don't normally pay attention to. And then eventually kind of start to look forward and then pick out some small visual object, just some small detail. It doesn't, you know, it might be as big as a dime. Let your attention kind of settle onto that visual anchor. Checking the shoulders, jaw. There's some tension there. See if it can relax while you continue to pay attention. All right, let that go. We'll just continue. So for some athletes, they'll do that practice in the weight room. Look at the bar before they're about to lift heavy, right? You know, for athletes, we've got, you know, a lot of our sprinters, you know, when they're in the blocks, right? And they're kind of like uh, waiting, like the last yeah. thing, like just look at the white line before they go. Where athletes, like soccer players, will do it, you know, kind of tying their shoes before they head out and just kind of using like a little Under Armour logo on the top of the yeah. shoe. It can be anything, but it's just, there's so many different ways where we can train attention to be where we want it to be. The breath is powerful for a lot of reasons, but it's not the only option. There's lots of different options we can explore. Chad, these metaphors, strength conditioning, I really enjoy because I can't tell you how many times we, you know, we push kid a little bit to, hey, let's, let's you know, I, I hate people failing lifts. Like that is the one thing I'm totally anti. We are not power lifters. We are not CrossFitters. Like there's no reason to fail a lift. You hurt yourself in the weight room. Like that's the dumbest thing. Apple. Um, and, and so, but, but there are times we, we want to push, Hey, Grace, let's put a little, you know, let's put fives on the end. You know, you'll be fine. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Well, how many am I going to do one at a time? Okay. <laughs> and we'll, <laughs> we'll see where it goes. Yeah. And you know, whatever, if we hit five, amazing. You know, and I, these are just thoughts in my head, but, mm -hmm. um, similar thing. I love how, and, and this is, these are just not things I, I knew, um, but totally makes sense. I love how individualized this can and, and should be. Um, cause I, I mean, there, you, you probably know a lot of people who oh, I've tried meditation. So, oh, this doesn't work. Not for me. Um, but maybe what you tried just wasn't the right thing for you. Um, and you needed, you needed something different. And so, um, I think that's a hundred percent right. Adam. I think like it hurts my heart when somebody says like, oh, I tried meditation and it wasn't for me or I'm not good at it. Right. <laughs> like, uh, it just means whoever taught them wasn't, you know, teaching them very effectively, didn't yeah. have enough tools in their toolkit to be able to support them. Like. Uh, so that's part of what I think is cool about this work is expanding what people think of as meditation and how it can show up. And then we've got athletes who are then out there telling their own stories about how it shows up for them. We had an athlete uh, recently uh, in the Big Ten Championships in the 10,000 meters had been injured, had been exploring his meditation practice. This was his first race back uh, from injury. It's the Big Tens, right? I mean, this is like massive competition. And it's uh, the 10,000 meters, 25 laps. Right around, I mean, an unbelievable mental grind for this race, right? Um, and he was thinking about, you know, if you don't give the mind a job to do, it'll find a job to do. So his job in the first part of the race is like, just stay with the top eight, just stay with the top eight, right? So he's doing that, right? And then he gets down to kind of the last, you know, 800 meters, last couple of laps, right? So the, you know, pack is strung out. Um, and of course, intensity is high, pain is there, getting lactic, like all these things, the mind is saying, shut it down. And he's giving his mind the job to do of just stay with the Minnesota guy. Just stay with the Minnesota guy. Just one job to do, right? 
And then when it was 300 meters, it was kick. And that was it. Just one job to do. Rather than getting swept away by, can I do this? Do I have the strength? Have I put in the time, right? Like, am I going to be able to complete the race in the way I want to? All of those things were let go of. We don't have to train to not be swept away by them. And then was able to, you know, finish in the top five after a, you know, injured season. So it's really cool to hear the way athletes bring this to life in their, you know, particular environments. Yeah. Dude, that's fantastic. I'm just trying to think of all the all the times I've seen. I, I, I'm thinking myself back in my you know high school baseball days, and, and honestly, this can be any sport. But like, mm-hmm. you know, you you go you go up to plate, you know, the, the plate, and you're like, oh, okay, like parents are in the stands. Mm-hmm. I haven't been hitting that well. Da 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 da. Oh my, you know, gosh, this guy has a curveball. I just think I hate curveballs. Da 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 da. Oh, that cute girl I like is sitting in the bleachers. Son of a gun. I'm down o yeah. two. You know, I'm not, I'm not thinking about, you know, the guy in the mound throwing the ball at me at 80 miles an hour. I'm, I'm thinking about a thousand other things, you know, oh man, I have chem test tomorrow, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I love that. I, that, that little one thing at a time thing is beautiful. And, and I hear you say that, uh, and it gets me so excited because that is exactly the frame where meditation training doesn't work, right? It says that what you're describing, and everyone who's listening, you know, knows exactly what you're describing. We've all experienced it, whether it's in our athletic days or in our current, right? Like whatever it is that we, you know, um, got a big presentation at work, right? Or you know, somebody somebody calls and like you see their name on the screen, and boom, you're just like instantly like off in a story about what it could be, right? Um, some of that can be useful, right? We want to plan, we want to be, you know, forward thinking, but a lot of it is no longer useful. So in meditation training, we're training to be able to discern the difference. Is this helpful? Cool. I'll go with it. Because it is like, to use your baseball example, um, you know, curveball might be coming. Is that a useful thought? Sure. That's useful, right? You know, like you want to have like some sense of what might be coming. Like, oh, like, you know, parents are here, you know, like, you know, the girl I'm dating is here, right? You know, like, oh, I've been you know, over three today, like this, I'm, it's not my, like all of that is not useful. So we're training to unhook from the unuseful and put attention into things that are useful. Yeah. That, that is fantastic. Oh, so chat, a lot of, um, a lot of parents listen to this, this podcast, mm-hmm. um, like my parents uh, and maybe a couple <laughs> others, um, in the way of your, your son is how old? He's uh, eight. Okay, so we we've done some sports things. Yep. Um, so I my my kids are eight and eleven. Um, as as your son, remind me his name. Finn. As Finn gets older here, okay, in the way of being, you know, and you're you're a normal guy. You're not a crazy parent, you know, who's like gonna, mm-hmm. you know, shove sport and whatever. <laughs> um, but just see, seeing Facebook things like you know athletic things and blah 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 blah. Yep. Trying to help and support your kid. If I'm a parent listening to this, this program right now, um, and I want to support my kid and, and just, just help them with this. Now I'm not the coach, the coach coaches, the things I don't want to step on the toes of the coach. The coach is the expert subject matter expert when it comes to this. Um, you know, but I want, I want to support my, my kids with this and, and just being kind of mentally ready. Cause a lot of our athletes that we train are, are in some club of something soccer, volleyball, baseball, softball, something. Um, and it's the parent that drives the kid to the game, you know, gets them out of the car, you know, gets some food, blah, 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 gets back, has to drive all the way back home versus back in our day, we, we rode the bus, you know, for, because the, the club thing wasn't as, wasn't as big. Um, but now it's, it's parent and kid time before games, after games qu- quite a bit. And, I could see them going very positively. I could also see them going very negatively. What were you thinking? I can't believe you did that. That was terrible. Um, what, as, as Finn gets older here and whatnot, are there any specific things that, and maybe this is too general of a question, but I guess I'm curious, like if I'm a parent, what are things I can do to to help and support my kid from the, the mental side? Yeah. It's a really great question. And, and yeah, as you know, like I'm in the midst of that, you know, as a, as a parent. And um, so the first thing that comes to mind, and I forget where I picked this up, but I love it, is, um, you know, before, but especially after a kid plays, you know, practice or a game or whatever, uh, to say to that kid, I love watching you play. 
oh, like, who cares if they crushed it? Didn't do well, <laughs> right? You know, like, well, maybe we care a little bit, right? Yeah. You know, we all want our kids to do well, right? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, like, I just, and, and it's true, right? So we're really? kind of connecting to that truth of like, I just love watching you play. And that's the message. So the kids' value, worth, is not dependent on whether they hit the ball, whether they score a goal. Their worth is dependent on just being there, being your kid. And they are worthy of deep love regardless. And I would imagine all parents agree with that. So then we need to speak in a way that's in line with that, right? There's this amazing quote, not to woo wall too hard here, right? But I am a director of meditation training. But um, there's this great quote from this guy, Suzuki Roshi. You're perfectly okay exactly as you are. And you can get better. And we, in I think our culture in general, but even if we just speak about like this example of youth sports, right? Uh, as a parent, we want our kid to feel both. You're perfectly okay exactly as you are. And how are we communicating that verbally and non-verbally? And then maybe we do a little bit on the you can get better part, right? You know? Uh, so I've got some ideas on the you can get better part. But I think that first part is actually... Like where we, a lot of us would be better off spending more time focusing there. Uh, Chad, that's the best quote. Who wrote that? Who, who said that? Uh, Suzuki Roshi. Of course. I can send you the spelling. You're going to have to. Um, yeah, I, I wrote it down. That That's fantastic. Okay. That's fantastic. I, uh, off our previous podcast, because I, th- I think this came up. Um, I love watching you play. I totally stole that from the previous podcast um, and have been using it because, you know, they're, it's tough because, you know, the kids are going to lose games. They're going to win games. They're going to play really well um, and win. They're going to play really you know, well and lose. They're going to play really poorly and win. Um, <laughs> you know, and it, it just, you know, hey, I, I, I absolutely I absolutely love that line. Um, but I think sometimes we're in such a – how do I say this nicely? Um, <laughs> we, I mean, we don't want to step on people's toes and, you know, mm. oh, my God, you're perfect just like you are. Don't change, da da da, da. And yeah, but th- that doesn't mean that you can't improve because like, why are we here? Why are we going to practice? Why are, sure. why are we lifting weights? If we don't For have sure. to get better, there's no reason to lift weights. This is way too hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that is, that, that, that is, so, that, that's fantastic. Right. So it's just, it's a balance. It's always a balance of those two things. Right. You know, and in sport, we're, you know, always on the getting better side or not. We tend to be almost always on the getting better side. And that's, that's important. That's good. Right. And in meditation, we're interested in getting better too. Uh, but it can't be done from a, I think it's a big difference when we do it from like a deficit mentality. I'm not good enough. Uh, so I need to kind of backfill versus I am good and I'm getting better. Right. Like it's more of this kind of a, it's more of an abundant mentality. I think that's a lot more supportive. And then on the, you know, the, on the, and you can get better part, especially from a parent to kid perspective is the first thing I would encourage parents to do is, what are that what is that parent doing themselves to get better at their own mental game? If they don't have a good answer for that, well then maybe they should just keep it to themselves before they start coaching their kid up on how to do it, right? Um, you know, like you would never, you know, if, if I brought my kid to your gym, right, and I just saw you like sitting on the side, you know, laying down eating chips all day, I'd be like, well, maybe we'll go to a different gym, right? Like I want the coach to have some experience and know what it is that they're doing. So Parents, what are you doing to train your attention, train your compassion, train in your resilience? And not, again, not just talk about it, but what are you doing to actually train for it? And if you don't have a good answer for that, no problem, right? Well, that's the gap in training. Let's fill that gap in training for yourself. Uh, and then when you're ready, you can start to share some things that are helpful with your kids. Yeah, that's fantastic. I feel the same thing with strength conditioning. Like, let, 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 I, I don't know how to pretend to call a defense. I don't know football coaches. <laughs> If you should run a a four three or a five two or a four four, I I, uh, I might have twenty years ago had stronger opinions. Now I'll, all that stuff has has passed me. But like when it comes to the strength stuff, similar stuff. Like let let the strength coaches do do their strength stuff. Um, you know, and and it, I I've run into some fantastic parents who are supportive, are kind of knowledgeable, are you know they they do train themselves stuff like that. That that gets very powerful because now the kids. Mm-hmm on from a couple different angles um well i couldn't agree with you more in the way of you know if you're you're a parent that that has you know this this mindset piece kind of dialed down um 
But if you're spastic and all over the place and you, you know, you, you, you throw glass bottles at the TV, you know, on Sunday afternoons, well, maybe we need to. Yeah. I mean, there's one of my friends who does this work, uh, primarily in education. Um, but I think it transferred is, uh, one of the things he says is the intervention is the teacher's nervous system. And so if we think about like, if we just change the language slightly, the training is the parent's nervous system. So if you want your kid to be focused, right? Calm, connected, how focused, calm and connected are you, right? And like, even if that kid like looks over to the sideline, right? Do they see a parent who's like this or do they see like calm, connected, right? Focused, you know, that nervous system is doing a lot of the teaching. So uh, I think it's, it's easy to just, you know, like you say, like shout things from the sidelines. Anybody can do that, right? But let's, you know, next level down, kind of train the kids more at a nervous system level. Well, here, let's go, just because you mentioned it slightly there. Do you, do you have any thoughts in the way of, because um, officials are harder to come by now, um, <laughs> that it is, it's tougher and tougher to be an official. Nobody wants to be an official. Bad calls will get made. Um, I mean, heck, you see, you see in the NBA, the, the, you know, the, NBA finals that are going on right now. Like, holy cow, there's some bad calls. Um, if obviously we have to get over these calls, <laughs> some calls will go for you, some calls will go against you. So you don't let me oversimplify this. But if, if I'm a parent, watch my kid play, and there's a bad call for me to, you know, was it, not even like throwing a chair and being like that excessive, but like mm-hmm. me displaying frustration is is bad versus me being like okay what's the next ball Mm. yeah so i think it's a really interesting thing you bring up so what occurs to me is then um there's there's a model that i'll just kind of describe really quickly that i think may be informative here so the the model is for anybody who wants to be at their best whether it's parents on the sideline kid on the field you know big 10 athlete professional athlete whoever it is to be at your best four areas you have to be really concerned with tip of the iceberg is behaviors, but below the tip of the iceberg is emotions, thoughts, and senses. So we need to have skills in all of these areas. So bad call gets made. Is it normal to have a strong emotion? Absolutely, right? Frustration, anger, right? Totally normal emotions to have, right? Is it normal to have thoughts that start to pop off, right? You know, oh, it's a terrible call. It's ridiculous, right? You know, like that's going to, you know, harm us, you know, like we should still have possession, whatever. Yeah, totally normal thoughts. It's possible to have those automatic responses emotionally and, and mentally be aware of them before they impact behaviors, right? So the behavior is, what the hell, ref? Like, that's a terrible call, right? Like, that's the behavior. Or it could be like, ooh, chest is tight. I can feel the frustration, right? Like, mind is racing. I can feel the tightness in my forehead, right? I can feel the impulse of wanting to say something. All right. Now I've got tools to be able to regulate that, kind of roll the shoulders back, feel my feet on the floor, right? Maybe do a visual anchor, maybe do a breath or two. What's the most skillful, helpful thing in this moment, right? And then do that. So we've got skills that we've trained to be able to regulate that in the moment so that a burst out of uh, behavior based on an unregulated emotion is the result of somebody having not trained their mind. So let's train the mind so that we don't, uh, we're not just at the whims of whatever emotion happens to come through. Yeah. Chad, I love it. I, I have one more question. Then I, I want to talk about non university of Wisconsin stuff. Um, in the way of you integrating into with, you know, you know, Kevin Schultz with the, with the strength conditioning piece and um, you know, your, the sport coaches, um, nutritionist, stuff like that. How is it, is it divided into, cause obviously we have less, layers with with the volleyball club that that we work with um Mm -hmm. you got up and worked with with madison juniors um Mm -hmm. which is which is amy said fantastic things about she was absolutely thrilled to have you out to 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 work with her kids um in the way of like are you just the meditation guy and that's what you do or do you see these sport coaches taking some of these things and integrating it through into Cause you're not there at every practice and every game and every, like there's only there's one of you and lots of sports going on and stuff like that. Do you see these, these sport coaches or 
strength coaches stealing your stuff and like integrating it in or like do they do they follow up with it talk about that integration because that's i'm a little jealous yeah i think that's one of the things that's most exciting about the work is that integration um and then the um you know true greatness happens when various areas of expertise interact with each other for something new to emerge uh and so one of the things one of the ways uh, we intentionally cultivate that is when I'm training with a team, uh, coaches and other support staff, strength coaches, performance nutrition, whoever's kind of around the team, are always invited to join in those sessions um, so that they're aware of what it is, right? They understand the language, they understand the concepts, they understand the ways of uh, applying it in their lives. First, for their own performance and well-being so that they can be better in all domains and then so that they can support their athletes so that they're, so they're in those trainings. So I think that's really important. And then they absolutely do start to use it. So I think one of, one of the metaphors we use in this work is the eye of the hurricane. So, of course, the eye of the hurricane is stable. It's balanced while the storm rages all around. And we all know what it feels like to be caught up in the storm. And that storm could be external, right? If we think about Wisconsin athletics, that could be, you know, Badger volleyball in the championship match against Nebraska, first national championship on the line playing in front of 20,000 people but there's also the internal storm of thoughts and emotions we need to be able to have stability out of the hurricane in both of those so using that badger volleyball example kelly sheffield head coach for badger volleyball a couple of years ago we're in this national championship match you know playing nebraska our you know arch rival National championship, fifth set, you know, we thought we had won it, right? Like, you know, game-winning point had happened. And then Nebraska coach challenges the call, uh, you know, said it it tipped one of the fingers of one of our players. So our players go from the highest of highs, thought they had won the championship, to the sideline, confusion, ambiguity, worry, totally normal reactions, right? They talked about in those moments, Kelly mentioned being in the eye of the hurricane. And they felt their feet on the floor, felt the breath roll in, felt the breath roll out, tracked racing thoughts, tracked racing emotions, let things settle. So when they took the floor again, they were able to execute physically what they could always do and won the second national championship point for the first national championship in program history. So they did not win it because of mindfulness and meditation, right? They won it because of their years of training, right? The effort from coaches, parents, so, the athletes, so many people. This was just a way for them to be able to orient their mind, work with this, what naturally would happen in the mind so that it didn't dictate performance. They could then dictate performance. So that Kelly led that during that timeout. So Kelly just mentioned it. So that's just, just like, it. so that's it, right? Like, so Kelly doesn't need to be a meditation coach. Yeah. The Kevin, the strength coach, he doesn't need to be a meditation coach. He just needs to have enough experience or whoever it is Walker, sports med, right? Like Britt, Gary, assistant coaches, like just enough experience where they can just cue an athlete to be able to tap into what they've already trained to be able to be. Chad, that's, that, that's fantastic right there. Cause that, there are so many, I think we talked about this last podcast too. There's so much it, in all sports at the professional level where you think, you know, guys and girls would really have it locked in well. Um, collegiate high school holy cow like you know a team can be winning a, a football game and then some bad call get made you know oh roughing the passer oh da, da, da. and then all of a sudden the offense storms 80 yards down the field because the defense was like yeah we got oh and then you know seven plays and 80 yards later all of a sudden they're now they're they're down four points where you had the game in control and and the wheels fell off you guys in that situation like Yes, we won the national championship. Oh, no, we didn't. Uh, but then to come back, literally the next point. Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, I, I, I totally kind of saw it going the other way. Like, okay, Nebraska's got this, you know, this momentum now. They're flying high. They're like, yeah, you know, I'm happy in Wisconsin. And it, the next point. And it was, I don't say it was boring, but it was almost boring. <laughs> that, like, <laughs> like, oh, I was waiting for this big comeback. And, and, and it, it didn't happen. It just, bam, you, you guys just right there. That, I think, that's that's one of the coolest that's fantastic. I love that whole thing. It's really cool to see the way it, way it integrates. And then um, and then athletes can have, I think, a deeper sense of confidence and not the confidence that comes from like bravado, right? That says like, 
I'm I'm a hardo and I'm like better than everybody, right? You know, like you might it's judge. Com- right. It's not in this thing. Right. Like it's the confidence that comes from whatever comes my way, physically whatever comes my way, whatever, you know, to stick with volleyball, whatever, you know, scheme they're running, whoever the attacker is, right? Like no problem. We've got the skills, I've got the skills to be able to handle that. Also mentally, emotionally, whatever happens, however intense it is, however confusing it is, however charged it is, no problem. I've got the skills to be able to work with that. That sort of confidence has an unshakability to it. And then when that happens and you've got a team of people that are connected with that unshakable confidence, well, then national championships are going to be the natural consequence. Yeah. Chad, I love it. Here, let's, I, this is going longer than I wanted to, but I, I want you to talk about, you, you don't only work for the University of Wisconsin, you, you do other things um, and don't just work with athletes, you work with normal humans and businesses and, and stuff like that. T- t- talk about that so people understand that this isn't just a, you know, just a one trick pony. Sure. Yeah. So I um, uh, run a business, Inner Edge Meditation is the name of the business. And with Inner Edge Meditation, we're bringing exactly the sort of training that we're talking about here today uh, into other environments. So train a lot with um, tactical teams, uh, train with FBI SWAT teams, two one special forces teams, uh, train with corporate groups, whether it's executive coaching or, uh, you know, C-suite leadership groups or kind of do keynote talks, really to bring the insights of what we're learning at elite level athletics so that folks across domains can benefit from this and train their minds for greater performance and well-being. So really, the overarching folks that I have the good fortune to train with are people in high-performance environments. And what are they doing to be able to train their minds? So it's really a, a thrilling you know, enterprise to be able to spend time. This winter, I was able to go out and spend a few days with the Diamondbacks um, and you know, heading out to Quantico here shortly. And what is it across these different groups uh, that yes, there are important differences, um, and there's a lot of commonalities that I think we can all learn from. Chad, I love that because I, I see so much, and I see this on the strength side too. Like people want to get so specialized into their strength training and stuff like that. And at the end of the day, what do what do people need? And I don't really care if they're youth athletes. And, and we do specialize some stuff with some of our Sparta Science Sports Big Tech and stuff like that. But it's mm-hmm. you no. Know, Kids, adults, um, you know, performance athletes, you know, they, they probably need to lift some heavy weights. They probably need to, you know, sprint and change direction and they probably need to eat well and sleep well and recover. Like it's just, it's not, oh, but I need the special, eh, you kind of do, but you kind of don't like it. There's so much crossover. Um, yeah. If, if people want to find more about you and, and what you're doing specifically, um, on the, on the private side, where, where, where do they hunt you down? Yeah, so if people want to connect on that side, inneredgemeditation.com or Chad McGee on any of the social channels, uh, try to share relevant content that way. Uh, feel free to connect there. And then on the Wisconsin Athletic side, feel free, you know, uwbadgers.com. Also on the Wisconsin Athletic side, and your listeners may be interested in this, um, I mentioned briefly that my role at Wisconsin is kind of a hybrid position, training and research. So I have like an affiliated faculty-like position on campus, so we're producing new scientific knowledge around this sort of training and we're hosting on june 27th meditation research and sports symposium at camp randall in madison so we'll have four of the top scientific leaders in the field of meditation research and sports sharing their new scientific findings about what happens when elite level athletes are engaged in this sort of training Uh, and we see impacts across the mind and body we see outcomes that are more mental and more physical so i think strength coaches, sport coaches, parents, anyone who's really interested in the rigorous science of how this shows up, um, you know, feel free to check that out on social or, you know, Google uh, Meditation Research and Sports Symposium and it should be a fantastic day of learning from some of the top experts in the field. Yeah. Chad, I absolutely love that. I, I, I feel, I don't know, I, I feel like a failure at times because there are just sometimes there are kids that I just can't connect with um, and, I, and I really struggle with. And so the idea that and it's not because they don't, they can't squat weight because they can squat weight, and it's not because they can't push a heavy sled because they can push a heavy sled. Um, it, it's it's a layer in there that I I think I'm just just missing at times. Um, 
and other coaches might connect with them in different ways or whatever it is. Um, but just the, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very curious. I'm clearing my schedule. Um, cause I, I'm, I love to see that piece of it. Cause I, I don't, I don't know. I've just gone. I've never really thought about, um, you know, that, that mental side outside of just, you know, just do it, <laughs> get it done. Let's see what happens. Um, but I've also been playing sport for, you know, a long time and, you know, training and whatnot. So I actually love what you're doing, dude. This is fantastic. Well, I appreciate that, Adam. I mean, it means a lot coming from you. Like you've done so much in your career and are, you know, leading the way in so many ways, I think, in your industry. And and I think it's, you know, parallels, you know, in your industry, you know, 50, 60 years ago, elite athletes weren't lifting weights. Right? Thought it'd make them bulky, heavy, wear their bodies out, right? And then there was, you know, random strength coaches here or there, right? Boyd Epley out of Nebraska created this, you know, Husker Power program. Uh, and then all of a sudden, right, it's this really multifaceted industry with lots of insights and that can support athletes all along the way. But at the beginning, you know, it was just sport coaches being like, well, this is what I think we should do to get our athletes' bodies ready. And then all of a sudden, strength coaches come along, and then it's a collaboration between the two. And I think this work's going to be on a similar trajectory that right now, sport coaches, strength coaches, they're doing their best, right? They're, they're trying, but they don't have the training, the expertise to be able to kind of dive into the mental side of the game. So when we collaborate, when folks with expertise like mine interact with folks like expertise like yours and sport coaches, then together we can create something really dynamic that's going to be able to support our athletes. Chad, really at the end of the day, I, we're the same person. We're, we're, tall and beautiful beards we look great in polos i mean there's basically the same grew up in the same town i mean it just gosh i didn't realize yeah, something was in the water in the early 80s in sycamore man yeah. that just really set us all up for lots of success look at that look at that well chad thank you so much i appreciate you taking the time i know you're a busy guy we've been trying to get this on the on the calendar for a while um but yeah, we'll put all of your all of your link stuff in the in the show notes and whatnot, um, and 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 people can and can reach out. Um, thank you, buddy. I really appreciate you. My pleasure, man. This was really really fun. Look forward to hopefully seeing you in Madison here. Yeah. Yes. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Listeners, thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for listening to another episode of Oak Performance Radio. Don't forget to check us out on the social at Oak Performance and online at www.oakstrength.com backslash Oak Performance. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.